is delight to be here being joined with what I believe some giants in the faith and look at your neighbor and say he's talking about you you may think well I don't feel like a giant well the Lord does not look at the places that men look to determine whether or not you are a giant you may be giant of stature but weak in faith and weak in kingdom. But yet others of you are tiny in stature, but giant slayers in the kingdom. I sense that by the Holy Ghost today. I am in a room filled with greatness. There's an anointing in this house. I declare just over the atmosphere that your faith is about to go to a different realm today. You're about to encounter some things in the spirit that you're going to think, my Lord, I, I've never been able to believe God for that, but I'm going to believe God for it this morning. I believe that with all my heart. I, I just speak over the waters today. In fact, just put your hand toward one of the waters, if you will, just one of these baptismal pools. I, Father, I thank you that um, our eyes will never, ever, ever, Lord, drift from what you're doing in the water. I thank you, Lord, that that is what you gave us. That is what you deposited in this house. We will not look to ourselves, to our giftings, to any talent, to any uh, program ministry to carry, Father, what you're doing alone. We will only do those things, Lord Jesus, as a result of the fire on the water. You called us to host you and to host you well, and that is what we desire to do, Lord Jesus, not to move in front of you, Lord, not to be out of step with you, but to be in sync with you and following you. And Lord Jesus, we want to create a culture and an environment that you're attracted to. So Lord, everything that was within us that grieves and offends you, Lord Jesus, even on the gray areas of our life, would you please reveal to us so that we can rectify those things, remove those things, repent of those things. For we never, ever, 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 ever want you to take your hand off of this house and to withdraw your presence or to remove the fire from the water. We acknowledge you and your place in this house today. And everybody in the room said, amen and amen and amen. I want you to look at 1 Chronicles chapter 12. I'm going to spend a few moments just reading a few scriptures. And I want to uh, reiterate the prophetic word that was given uh, by Miss Kay a few moments ago that I acknowledge and am so proud of all of you that have been giving of yourselves, your time, your resources to uh, make this a place of the habitation of the glory of God. God cannot do and will not do what he has been doing and will continue to do it without a body that he can rest upon. You've given, you've sacrificed, you've served, you've prayed, you've labored, you've warred, you have done all of those things and God is saying to you today, I am well pleased. I am well pleased with all that you have done, and you will be rewarded. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm excited about that. Come on. You will be rewarded. I feel like David at times, as it is mentioned in 1 Samuel chapter 22, we're going to get to 1 Chronicles here in just a moment, but I, I feel like David that I'm looking at people that have come to this house from all over the country, from all over the world, and from all different parts of North Georgia. And it says that David uh, was privileged to, to lead a group of people. And it says, and those that were in debt, discontented, and in distress, joined David in war. I'm not looking at a bunch of millionaires in this place. I don't know how many doctors and lawyers and sophisticated people, the social elites are in this room. For some reason in my ministry, I have not 
attracted that type of individual. <laughs> now, you may be here and you may be thinking, well, I'm one of those. Well, I don't know it. But I want to say, say what has been attracted to Christ Fellowship Church over the years, and more specifically the last five years, are those that are in debt, discontented, and distressed. Because there's something on the inside of you that is craving a move of God. You are craving something that religion has failed to deliver to you. You have been looking for, longing for, something more than good sermons and good praise sets can deliver to you. And those things are important, but I think we're in a group of individuals, and why you were here, and initially when you came here, you were thinking, I have never encountered the presence of God like I encounter when I walk in this room. And I, 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 I admire you that you didn't come seeking a personality, but you came seeking the person of Jesus. And so all of us are in this room in some, of, some way in debt, discontented, and in distress. But I have learned that God can take people just like that and rearrange things in our lives to make us a lean, mean, fighting machine. I'm gonna say it again, lean, mean, fighting machine. Now, 1 Chronicles chapter 12. Now, these were the men who came to David at Ziklag while he was still a fugitive from Saul, the son of Kish. And they were among the mighty men, helpers in the war armed with bows, using both the right hand and the left in hurling stones and shooting arrows with the bow. They were of Benjamin, Saul's brethren. Then the following scriptures begin to mention all of the individuals that, that, that attract, were attracted to David and his effort. Verse 23, now these were the numbers of the divisions that were equipped for war. I love that language, equipped for war. Equipped for war. And they came to David at Hebron to turn over the kingdom of Saul to him according to the word of the Lord. The sons of Judah bearing shield and spear, 6,800 armed for war. Everybody say armed for war. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jump down to verse 32. Then of the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do, and if you read 1 Chronicles chapter 12 and even beyond, you're going to find that there are specific descriptions given to the men that were attracted to David and who uh, linked themselves with David during this pivotal time in David's kingdom and Israel's history. I am convinced this morning that what God did in 1 Samuel, what God did in 1 Chronicles, that across the body of Christ at large and churches across America, not only in America, but around the world, that God is sending men and women that are fed up with being taken advantage of by the enemy, by being pillaged by the enemy, by the enemy coming in and taking spoils, things that are precious to us, and we are coming to a place where we're in debt and we're disconnected and we're discontented and we're in distress and we're saying enough is enough and we are at a point of where we're willing to take up arms and go to war. Now don't misunderstand me, I am not talking about physical war, I'm not talking about picking up a, a weapon of, a, 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 in the natural, but I am talking about a spiritual battle 
that God is assembling his people together. And he says, I'm going to equip you and train your hands for war. I sense that in this house, more than we have ever had in this place before, that there are people that understand the times of which we are living. These are not normal times. And since these are not normal times, we cannot, now listen to me, do things that we have done in the past and expect supernatural kingdom results. I think that we are dealing with a very energized, sophisticated, and empowered enemy. Things are not like they were even five years ago. I'm gonna show you something on the screen that just happened this week. Out of San Francisco, there is now a government program where they are taking the homeless in their city and giving them financial aid. But there are some caveats and there are some requirements that must be met to get this special governmental aid. There are over 100 gender sexuality options on application for San Francisco's guaranteed transgender income program. I have read through the list of the options that you get to choose <laughs> and there are over 100 options that you get to select from that qualifies you to receive up to $1,200 a month from the city of San Francisco if you are homeless. <laughs> gender identity options on the application included gender outlaw. Gender F, which is very vulgar. And whatever in the world that is. The Bible tells us that there is coming a time when that God will give a nation and a people over to the very baseline and animalistic behavioral patterns and give them over to that debased wicked, lasciviousness mindset. And God says, when we get to that point, I am literally going to be taking my hands off and I will let them have the full reward of their choices. I believe that we are close to that, but we are not yet there. We are approaching it like a speeding train. We are getting to the point of no return. The bridge is out in front of us. It is fallen. But I believe before this happens that there will be a remnant within the body of Christ. There will be a segment within the body of Christ that will give one last ditch effort to be the beacon of hope, to be the lighthouse on the shore that says, ships do not come any closer because if you come closer, you're gonna run aground and you're gonna wreck and lose all of your cargo. I believe why the Lord has raised up the North Georgia Revival and Christ Fellowship Church and other moves of God that are happening in this nation is because I am now at the point, he says, that this is my last call. This is my last call for America. You cannot, you cannot continue down this road and expect normalcy. You cannot continue down this road and expect the hand of God and the favor of God to rest upon our land. 
just here recently. My high school, as this article says, punished me for saying a male should not be allowed to watch me undress. This just happened in the last few weeks. It is coming to light that the high school, the principal, the educators punished, suspended a young girl for complaining that a male walked into her dress room, sees her in her bra, and she speaks up and says, this is inappropriate, but on that day, he identified as a girl. And so he decided that he's going to walk into a locker room where girls are changing clothes. I assume that there was some type of common sense still left in America. I just simply, I have simply just resigned myself to think, have we lost our ever-loving minds? Last night, I woke up to these headlines. Multiple dead. Several others injured in shooting at Colorado Springs Club. While you and I were tucking our children in the bed and while we were putting a period on the day and putting our bodies down to rest, somebody walked into a club and shot and killed five people. And I want to say to us this morning, it's not going to get any better. Things are not going to slow down. Darkness is going to continue to increase itself to the point of where the whole nation has lost its mind. The only hope for America is the church of the living God. I want to say it so you get it. God has a plan for America. And it is directly connected to the body of Christ that are not working as individualists but that are working together in a cohesive way, that God is looking to his church, not his people alone, but his churches, the buildings, the bodies, the organized structures, the houses of God, the places where people gather to receive instruction, direction, what's right, what's not right, how to stay right, and how to get right. God is trying to raise up, now listen to my language clearly. I'm coming against a, a spirit, a, a maverick spirit may be released in our culture. God is looking for churches, houses of worship, bodies of believers, people that are collected together in one place, to demonstrate who he is in power without, listen, without limitation, and he is looking to pour his spirit out on a body, a people, a church, so that there can be a lighthouse in the center of Dawson County. Not a, not a, now listen, listen, not a small group, not an individual, rogue individual out there doing his or her thing, but he's looking for local churches that will somehow, some way, come back into the middle of his teaching in the middle of the word of God, the holiness and righteousness and purity and right from wrong and to recenter? Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you hear what I'm saying? I can't hear myself. Do you, ha do you hear that? I'm on number eight. Yeah, praise the Lord. We're all right. But do you hear, can y'all can hear me? Yeah. All right, I just want to, I'll stand over here in the middle. 
Hello. Hey. <laughs> All right. But watch this. This is so important. God's not looking for a house church. I'm not anti-house church. But most house churches are led by offended people. They're mad at what happened at church. They're mad at the pastor. They're mad at the direction. They're mad at this and they're mad at that. And they get around another group of people that are mad. And they just lob bombs at the local community church. God is looking for places like this. Churches. Organized. Structured, mechanized. No army goes and sends out these rogue warriors. You come together, we train together, we war together, we get assignments together. We all follow the same marching orders. You hear what I'm saying? The mercenaries are out there doing their own thing because they don't like order. They, they, they accomplish some things and they do some things right. Their heart's right, but something around, around the way. They say, I just don't want to. I, I don't want to be submitted. I don't want to be a part. I get offended. I want to do my own thing. They didn't see my talent. They didn't see my strength. And now I'll show them and I'll grab some other people just like me. Now hear what I'm saying. God is looking for a church. Churches, organized, mechanized, local churches. Realize that the New Testament, most of it was written not to individuals, but to churches and to pastors. Paul spoke to Timothy a letter, First and Second Timothy, how to pastor his church. He says, don't let them, don't let them uh, look at your youth, Timothy. He said, you be strong, you be courageous. The safest thing that you can ever do in your life is find you a local New Testament church. Mm, thank you, Lord. I don't, am I on or not? Who's the Lord? Stand your feet all over the room. Everybody, stand up. I'm about to make the devil mad. I'm going to tell you, I'm about, to, I'm, about to, I'm about to come off the top rope, do a figure four or something. I don't know. I'm about to. The safest thing that you can do is to find you a church and bring your entire family within that church. And it's gonna be ugly at times. You're not gonna like things. You're gonna disagree with everything. And you're gonna say, well, I thought they knew better. I thought they could hear God. I can't believe they made that mistake. You have to understand every church is pastored by flawed men and flawed women. Elders are flawed. Youth pastors and children's pastors and executive pastors, we're all flawed. That's why you don't know someone by the flesh, but you know them by the spirit. And I think that God, I think God has, has, has smiled upon this church because of you being here today because of the distress and the disconnection and the discontent and the dead in our heart, but we're hungering for something that God can do and desires to do. And, and we're saying, God, if you're gonna do it in America, would you do it right here? Would you let us be a part of it? Will you not let us miss out on your plan for this country? I still believe there's hope. Now be seated right quick. I'm not going to be much longer. 
Let me tell you what I sense in the spirit. I believe that the enemy is coming quicker and things are coming quicker than we've ever realized. Mm -hmm. And here's why. In COVID, the enemy got a scent of blood and realized that who we said we were did not equal I'm going to say it again. Who we declared us to be pre-COVID is not who we were in the middle of it and even after it. And I believe he watched pastors and leaders capitulate and waffle and cry and explain and defer and deflect and I'll say this publicly and I've said it before during COVID I cannot name you five mega church pastors that led well and you can't name them TV personalities multiple campuses that stood up in the camera on national television, and many of them had national platforms, and said, we will not and shall not. But I can name you close to 100 to 200 to 500 small church pastors that had no reputation to keep, no campuses to keep funneling money to, no television program to keep funneling mo uh, money to that literally spoke the word of God, the truth of God, and said we're going to be the people of God in the midst of this crisis. We're not shutting our buildings down. We're not going to prolong this garbage that's out there. We're going to continue to... And the devil realized it's not going to take much to have all of these houses of these these, these cards, uh, house of cards, if you will, fall and falter in the middle of a crisis. The Bible says that my eyes are roaming around the whole earth trying to find a man whose heart will be completely loyal to me. And he says, I'll show myself strong on their behalf. God's eyes are overlooking the palaces that man has built. The platforms that support our program. And he's trying to find people in the shadows. Churches that are in the shadows of the mega churches that nobody knows about. Nobody drives to it. They drive by it. The lawn's overgrown. The windows are broken out. But there's a man and a woman on the inside of there that said, God, I'll pay whatever price you want me to pay and I'll do whatever you want me to do and I'll say whatever you want me to say even unto death if need be. I have watched these churches that I traveled last year over 50 places, this year over 50 places, hundreds of thousands of miles. I have watched small churches get ignited. Out of the way, 130 people in an entire town, that one church getting engulfed with revival fire and they can't have room enough in their garage to keep the people that are coming from miles around. You mark my word, and if I am not to be proven true, then I ask that the Lord strike me dead as I stand in front of you. This move of God that God is raising up in this country at this one moment to stand in the way of this obscenity and this insanity will be led by men you never heard of. It'll be led by women that you never, ever, ever heard of. It will not be. Now watch me, mark my word, and I may not be invited on any of their shows, and I am perfectly okay with that. It's not going to come through Christian television. 
It's not going to come, now listen to me, through the people that you now watch on television. They can be a part of it. They will be, listen to this, they will be connected to it to the degree that they desire to be. But this, listen, listen to this. Listen, listen to me closely. This move of God is too precious, too important to be shared with somebody that already has a superstar following. Am I in the right place? I feel like I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm somewhere I shouldn't be. And that's judgmental. No, that's not being judgmental. I'm just telling you what I believe to, my, that's my words. I believe to be the heart of the Father. Because in America, we love, we love stars. We love their image on the front of the book. We love their television 28-minute broadcasts and, and it's showing them and their wives strolling down a lakeside and how beautiful life is. And, and if you'll follow me, this is what you will get. And we'll throw our money at it and we'll throw our allegiance to it. And, and we'll say, I never heard a word like that. They have great words. They have great platforms. And I thank God for it. But I'm just telling you, I believe with all of my heart, it's, this move of God is too precious to be shared with someone that already is a Christian star. Like, Jesse, here's my boys. Lord, if you're going to do something through Israel, here's my boys. Here's the tallest. Here's the most popular. Here's the one that has the most brains. This one right here has charisma. Man, if you really want a king and get a good following and people to follow, and this, this one, look at that. I mean, man, he, he's, he's from top to bottom. He's my best. And the prophet says, you know what? I'm looking. I'm just I'm looking top to bottom, and I see, yeah, I see. Yeah, he's good. He's tall. He's nice looking. Yeah, I can see he's pretty athletic. This one right here, oh, he's got great charisma. But there's, some, there's somebody. Mm, I, do you have another? We're in that moment. Do you have another? God is looking over the nations. Is, is there another? I, I've seen you. I've seen what you will do. I'll see how you'll manipulate. I've seen how you'll preach certain things to. Is there another that doesn't care about the reputation? Is there another that's not interested in building a following? Is there another that's not interested in selling books? Is there another that's not interested in selling another album? Is there another that doesn't care? And all I want is you, oh God. I'll stay out in the pasture and play my harp. I'll sing to you, Lord. I'll be faithful in protecting the little sheep that you have for me. When no lights, nobody looking around, no Twitter, no TikTok, none of all that stuff. Oh, God, I'll be faithful out here. I'll sing to you. I'll worship you, whatever you need me to do. And then the day came when there was a giant and all the sons of Jesse that looked the part, spoke the part, acted the part, were all on the front lines to go to war. And in front of all of Israel, a giant walks out and he mocks them, intimidates them. The charisma, the beauty, the soise, all of that meant nothing in the face of a giant. You watched it, I witnessed it in 2020. And the father said, David, I've got some cheese. Can you take the cheese to your sons who are on the front line? He was a cheese toter. Yes, dad, I'll take the cheese to the front line. He takes the cheese. That's what your Bible says. David, to the front line. And while he's there, he sees a giant mocking the people of God. And he says, 
Are any of you guys going to do anything about this? Are you going to do anything about this? I mean, they're dressed up in their armor. They've got their sword beside them. They still look good. Charisma. Following. He goes, are you going to do anything? He says, I'll do something. And his brother says, you, you sit down, go back home. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah, watch this. So Saul goes, okay, you're going to do it? I put my armor on you. See, the, you got to be careful, pastors, leaders. Watch this. Who your mentor is and who you're following. And because you'll say, and you'll see the glamour, you'll see the glitz, you'll see the, you, you'll see the homes they live in, the cars they drive, and you'll go, I want to be just like that. Would you put your armor on me? He said, I can't do anything. He says, take it off. And he goes back to what he learned in private. How to sling, how to swing a slingshot, how to sling it. And he says, I, I will not allow him to defy us. And on this day, he'll be delivered into the hands of God. Now, the reason I told you that story is this right here. What God is doing, he's no longer looking at the well-manicured, the polished, the beautiful, the perfect, and the talented. In this moment, in our churches, are Davids and Davidas. Is that a female name? Is that a female Davida? He's looking for the male and female Davids. And he says, if I can find them, and if they'll be faithful in the dark, they'll be faithful in the pasture, they'll be faithful when nobody's looking. He's looking into the shadows. He's looking into the shadows. He's looking into the shadows. He's looking in the shadows. If you'll be faithful, if you'll be faithful, I'll raise you up. This is the movement of God in this season. Don't get mesmerized, stimulated, overwhelmed by what you see on television. Find someone that has no name, that's seeking the face of God, that is committed to raise up an army, not an audience, not to build, but to prepare. war the enemy's coming and he will regret the day that he tangles with you and this body for he's training our hands for war I need you to change your mindset about church I need you to flip the switch and look at church as a place of where I must go and connect. Keep rank. Allow people to equip me for war and lock arms with someone and never, ever, ever, ever go AWOL. Stand your feet. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Praise team, if you'll come up. This is a picture of our steeple. of our cross, I should say, on our building. 
That's who we are, what we're about. And we will carry it. Do you hear me? We will carry it. We'll carry it honorably, with humility, with brokenness, but we will carry it. For it is our strength and our power. I thank God for what he's doing in this house. I believe that the Lord is about to release 300 new intercessors into our house. Some of you are here today and you're thinking, is this my church? Is this where I need to be? Let me help you. Yes. God's raising up 300 intercessors. Our preaching will not stop the onslaught of the devil. Our worship will not. It will help. They're part of our armor, They're part of our weapon. But it's when God's people pray. That we hold back the tide of the assault on the land. <laughs> Do you hear what I'm saying? My people call by my name will humble themselves and what? Pray. Yeah, watch this. He says, I'll heal their land. How many of you believe that today? Keep your hands up right now. Lord Jesus, I thank you that in this room, we will not fold. We will not back down. We will not wobble, retreat. God, use us. Tonight, use us. Tomorrow night, Lord, use us. As we pray, tomorrow night as we pray, use us, oh God. As we seek you, use us. As we die, Lord, use us. Put your hands down. Young people, I know you just came back from conference and thank you, Pastor Anthony and Trina. Prophetically speaking, there'll be 100 people called and sent out of the house to preach the gospel. And you'll be polished to the best that we can polish you, but most of us are going to be unpolished. We're going to be the Davids. We're going to be the Moseses in the back of the desert. Right now, you're learning how to slay lions and bears. I don't need you to learn how to do ministry from the latest flash and dash. He'll come looking for you in your living room, your bedroom, as a 17-year-old and everybody's out partying and, and you're there and you say, Lord, I just can't do those things anymore, but I want to serve you and he finds you. Perfecting your craft of the word. And he'll call you from there. And he'll pick up your frame in time. And he will put you in a forest with an indigenous people that have never heard the gospel. And you're alone, but you're not. For our 300 new intercessors will be bathing you, covering you, angels around you. Listen. And because you was molded and shaped and formed and fashioned in the dark, specifically chosen, I'm telling you, 
Would you stand up to preach to one or two or the tribal chief who has threatened to take your life? You will not long for the glitz and the glamour, but only to hear the words, well done. For your appetite is not a title, a position, a place, prestige, but one of usefulness. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm gonna send some of you to a foreign field and perhaps you may not ever come back. These are the times that we're living in. Parents, you need to hold your child up before the Lord and say, God, whatever you want to do with my daughter, whatever you want to do with my son, don't map out their life for them, their career. Put pressure on them. You got to be this, that, and yet let God speak to them. He'll send some to the school system. He'll send some to the construction industry. He'll send some to the medical field. But then there'll be some of them, he said, I'm gonna send you to Africa. I'm gonna send you to Nepal. I'm gonna send you to Russia. I'm gonna send you. Just say, God, they're yours. So, Father, bless your people. Let's sing this song as we close. It's a song that Joni wrote as a revival song. It says, prepare my hands for war. We're going to sing this. This altar's open. This front is open. For five more minutes, you're going to be out before the Methodist. Praise the Lord. But for five minutes, let's go after him. Let's make this our declaration. Let's make this our prayer. You want to lay on the floor before the Lord, do that. If you want to just find a dark place in the sanctuary, find it. But, oh, God, move in our midst. May this church be an answer, a part of the solution. Let's worship. Let's sing. Mm -hmm. Do you mean it? Come on, church.
of us doing life, in the midst of us raising families and children, parenting, stresses of job, school, God will protect our walk with you and prepare for war. Use us, oh God, in this season, in this time. And Lord, tonight, everybody say tonight, tonight, Lord, these waters, these waters are fire, activation, preparation, the beginning of boot camp, their deliverance, their transition. Yes, Lord Jesus, tonight, 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 as we move into Thanksgiving and the holidays, tonight, oh God, as we go into homes, tonight, oh God, Let revivals start in our homes over Thanksgiving dinner this weekend. We bless you, Lord. And everybody said amen. Amen. Give God a hand clap. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So good to have you today in the house. Make sure that you go out in prayer. We'll see you tomorrow night at 6 o'clock for prayer, but tonight for a revival at 5 and then six o'clock this evening for the service. God bless you. Have an incredible afternoon.